Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end It's Monday, March 28th, 2022, the 432nd day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Now, before we get started, I just have to talk about the great American hero, Mike Lindell. As I mentioned on the podcast last week, my pillow came to me and asked me to be one of their ad partners for their great American company. And of course I said, yes, because Mike Lindell is a hero of mine and who knows, maybe I'll make some money for myself. Maybe I'll make some money to support the show. Maybe I'll help my pillow stay in business and keep employing Americans and keep fighting the good fight against election fraud and against these terrible voting machines. But the thing is I already own my pillow products and I did it before I was doing these ads. I have the three inch topper. I have my pillow pillows and I have the Giza dream sheets and it's a pretty good night's sleep. I got to be honest with you. I think they're sending me some towels and some slippers. So I am very stoked about how comfortable I will always be because of the pillow man himself, Mike Lindell. So you can go on mypillow.com and use my promo code, which is just reasonable. And you can get Great deals on all sorts of products across the MyPillow.com site, up to 60% off. I know that right now, I think they have the, the Giza Dream Sheets as low as $39.99. And then with your purchase, you will get a free gift. And I believe right now they're giving out a soft cover copy of Mike Lindell's book, His Personal Story. So just go to MyPillow.com. 
reasonable as the promo code and get some towels, get some slippers or get some new bedding and support a great American who has put himself on the line for this country. So apparently the talk of last night and today is all about the actor Will Smith charging up onto the stage at the Oscars and slapping the comedian Chris Rock in the face because Chris Rock dared to make a joke about how Jada Pinkett Smith's head is bald. I mean, technically, it just looks like she shaved her head. I do that too. My head is always shaved with a one. I just did it right before I started recording. My hair is very short, but I'm not bald. And if someone wants to make a bald joke about me, I'd be like, hey, that doesn't make sense. Or maybe I'll laugh. Maybe they come up with a great take on that bald joke and I'll be all in. And I'll be like, hey, you got me. You got me good. But what I won't do is try to kick that person's ass. But you see, after other comedians had joked about how Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, has sex with all sorts of people, the comment about her being bald (laughs) sent Will Smith over the edge into something that is now being called cuckold rage. And that is amazing. Revenge of the cuck. Do not get upset at the various people your wife is having sex with. Get upset with a comedian that jokes about how your wife's head has no hair. And I'm not saying it's easy to be a famous and prominent cuckold. It probably isn't, especially when people are joking. So people are wondering whether or not all of that was real or if it was staged. It doesn't matter. I mean, come on. It's good for a few laughs. And it's certainly a distraction if you don't want to focus on things like the fact that Joe Biden is about to open up the southern border to 200,000 plus illegal immigrants who will not be vetted and then will come into the country and be flown to various towns and cities all over the country so that they can complete their purpose in the overall agenda. Our immigration policies are not us trying to be nice to brown people who are struggling. That's what our immigration policy is for people who go in to the country in the proper way through a port of entry where they are checked out. That's not what the immigration program we have going on at the southern border is, though. That's the cartels trafficking people into our country, them being entirely unvetted and unchecked, and then them being distributed to various parts of the country. So that's not the kind of thing that anyone should be thinking about today. If they do think about that, it's possible that Joe Biden's approval ratings could drop even lower. Even the mainstream media at this point is communicating the fact that Joe Biden is at 40%. But honestly, it's a lot lower than that. We've seen his actual approval in the low 30s overall. Overall, that's bananas. And you got to assume that they're actually far worse than that. 
Joe Biden was in the mid 20s months ago among independents. And he's certainly not winning back independents or winning back Republicans unless they're warmongers. And if they're warmongers, then they've probably in some way joined the Democrat Communist Party anyway, like the Lincoln Project sorts of people. We don't have to pretend they're still Republicans or like Marco Rubio jumping on the Sunday shows to gin up more support for going to war with Vladimir Putin in Europe and starting World War Three, because that's exactly what the country needs. And we'll get to a little bit of that in a second. So apart from the distraction that the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock obviously is, and apart from how great the memes have been, and they really have been great, the reaction from the woke side of things has been hilarious and absurd in all the ways it normally is. One of the funniest, one of the funniest comments on Twitter is from squad communist Ayanna Presley, who wrote hashtag alopecia nation stand up. Thank you. Hashtag Will Smith. Shout out to all the husbands who defend their wives living with alopecia in the face of daily ignorance and insults. Hashtag Oscars. Women with baldies are for real men only only. Boys need not apply. So that is not interesting. It's not smart. It's not funny. It's hard to read because it makes virtually no sense. Women with baldies are for real men only only. Don't know what that means. Sorry, I'm not saying she's illiterate. It's probably just a typo, but I am saying it's possible she might be illiterate. Did she mean women with baldness? Was there supposed to be one only? It's hard to say. Now, Ayanna Presley also says that she has alopecia, and that's what explains her lack of hair on her head. And maybe that's true, and that's just fine. But you know who else gets affected by hair loss? Eh, virtually everybody. <laughs> Most men, their hairlines change. They get a bald spot in back. They go completely bald. That happens all the time. And it has never at any point been off limits to joke about men's bald heads. In fact, that is one of the jokes women love to tell when they're denigrating men and trying to emasculate men. They talk about small penises and bald heads. There's nothing new about any of this. There's also never been a hashtag campaign to help bald men. If there has been, I missed it. But how does the rest of this fit into the woke worldview? I mean, she immediately congratulated Will Smith for defending his wife with alopecia. So, in Ayanna Presley's view, in Congresswoman Ayanna Presley's view, it is okay to assault a person in a public space if that person tells a joke about a black woman with a bald head. It is okay to go hit that person. Now, she did not congratulate Will Smith for going and standing up for Jada Pinkett Smith when jokes were being made about how many other people Jada Pinkett Smith sleeps with, that would have been a crisis. 
if Will Smith went up and slapped someone across the face for joking about that, well, that's toxic masculinity. If he goes up there to beat someone down for making a joke about alopecia, well, hey, right is right. You got to make exceptions sometimes. The exception proves the rule. And then she says that only real men can handle dating a proud alopecia having woman. Now, first of all, I have no idea what a real man is. You know, we've been told for the last 10 or 15 years that you can't say things like man up or be a man or boys don't cry. All of those things are off limits. Toxic masculinity. We're inculcating toxic masculinity. We're indoctrinating a new generation of men into the same habits that have destroyed all the other generations of men. Men, you have to understand, are the cause of all the world's problems, all the world's wars, except for the ones started by Madeleine Albright and all the various other female leaders throughout history that have also gone to wars. But primarily, wars are fought by men. So that must mean that men cause the wars. The worst thing in the world, everybody knows, is toxic masculinity. Unless that toxic masculinity is being enacted in the service of an alopecia-having woman who was the target of a good-hearted joke. She could not have and would not have defended Will Smith if he went up there to assault someone for one of the many jokes about how many people his wife has had sex with. And the thing is, no worries, because Will Smith would have never gone up and protected his wife from that. Because that's something they're all proud of. Not like her bald head that she consistently says she's proud of. Like Jada Pinkett Smith is a beautiful woman. She is one of probably the few women in the world who actually still looks good with a bald head. I'll give her all that. But if she's going to proudly do her thing and be out about it, then why can't other people make jokes about it? That is something worthy of beating down another man for. And, you know, Chris Rock took it like a champ or like an actor. Who knows? But that doesn't change what Will Smith actually did. But in Ayanna Presley's eyes now, Will Smith going up and assaulting a man for joking about a bald head, that makes him a real man. And I'm sure Will Smith is very happy to hear that because he must have had his doubts all these many years, knowing that his wife sleeps with all sorts of other men. I'm just saying they're kind of changing the definition of real men, aren't they? They just use it whenever they want. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes assault is good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes jokes are fine. Sometimes they're not the entire basis for everything that these communists say, choosing that which provides the biggest advantage in the current moment. Whatever works best to achieve a desired political end, that's what you go with. And it got even weirder than Ayanna Presley's take. Asha Rangappa from CNN wrote, so did like anyone walk out after that happened? Or are we getting 
an independent psychological case study on how Trump got normalized. And I'm sure she thought that was a top notch tweet. Like this is just a 10 bell superstar tweet. I'm going to get thousands of retweets. No way I'm going to get ratioed. Type, 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 send. Oh, it's perfect. Look at that. I just made Trump the problem at the Oscars. How did it happen? You see, there were already enough problems at the Oscars. Last year, they had 10.3 million viewers and they were on track for even fewer viewers this year. And then the slap heard around the world happened. And apparently they scrounged out another four or five million viewers. People tuned in to see what all the fuss was about. Ooh, what's going to happen? How will the actors react after they saw that heinous beatdown? And of course, they just ended up giving Will Smith an Oscar. And then he cried and talked about how great he was. Or at least that's what I gather from certain people talking about it and seeing pictures of Will Smith crying and then dancing later with his Oscar. You see, if he pretends that nothing happened, then nothing was wrong. No one will take it seriously. Should Will Smith be in handcuffs? Perhaps he assaulted a man on live television. Did he not? But instead, he's dancing to his own song, Get Jiggy With It, at the after party. And everybody's just like, ah, yeah, see, it was no big deal. Like Will Smith is just having fun. Will Smith and Chris Rock, they made up for it afterwards. Everything's cool. You got to understand they don't mean what they say. They don't mean what they do. They don't mean anything. It is just a temporary short-term fix. They want to gain a small political advantage wherever they can. And principles never come into play. So, Distraction aside, let's move to a more important topic that arose over the weekend. And of course, that was Joe Biden's trip to Europe. We talked on Friday about how he visited some soldiers and told them that soon they would see what Ukraine was like, implying that they were on their way to Ukraine. And then he kind of tried to hang out with them and be buddy buddy and pal around with American soldiers that He is supposed to be the commander in chief of that part is totally unclear because many of them did not stand for his presence and pretty much ignored him and gave him weird stares throughout the time he was there. If the soldiers don't think you're commander in chief, are you commander in chief? Remember back to inauguration day last year, Joe Biden's presidential motorcade driving across Washington, D.C. as the National Guard troops that were stationed all over Washington, D.C. If you remember, everything was fenced in and protected. Ooh, there's going to be so many dangerous things. The dangerous QAnons are going to come attack the Capitol again. But the fake president's motorcade passed by and the soldiers stood with their backs turned to his motorcade. That was one of the first images of Joe Biden's fake presidency. And, you know, his fake presidency has continued since then. So a lot of people kind of pushed that out of their mind. They ignored it. They had the thought, well, that must not be what it looked like because it turns out that Joe Biden actually really is president. And a lot of people have adopted that view. And hey, maybe you're right. But that image 
from Inauguration Day in 2021 and the way the soldiers responded to Joe Biden overseas this weekend is about the same thing. Joe Biden saw that they were eating pizza and asked if he could slide in and eat some pizza with them. And some veterans in the community on Telegram and elsewhere have noted that the commander in chief, by rank, you eat last. You let the lower ranking soldiers eat first. Is that a thing? Was I in the military? No, I don't know. But a lot of people said it, and I have to think that they're speaking from experience and knowledge. But Joe got in there and ate a slice with some jalapeno on it and started, I don't know, drooling and choking. And everybody just basically looked at him like, hey, is the uh, fake president choking? Very, very strange, especially when you compare it to really any video of Donald Trump around American service personnel, because he is a superstar to them. It's like a tale of two presidencies. It was the best of presidencies. It was the worst of fake presidencies. But mumbling about troops invading Ukraine, getting ignored by American soldiers and nearly choking on pizza were not even close to the worst thing Joe Biden did this weekend. He gave a speech in Poland with this very dramatic backdrop. He was in front of a building in a small town square and they hired people to come be in the audience so that it would seem like Joe Biden was giving a very big speech. Some independent journalists on the ground took their own cell phone footage of that little town square showing how sparsely populated it actually was. The person with the phone showed the tickets that were being passed out to passersby to get them to come in and join the audience for Joe Biden's very important speech. And you kind of got to wonder how the Secret Service would allow something like that. The very real president goes to a foreign country and they need more people to come be in the audience for his speech since absolutely no one in this country or any other country respects Joe Biden or cares about what he says. So they did that. Did they vet these people? I mean, isn't that the real president of the United States? Why isn't he being better protected? Why are they handing out tickets like they're trying to get someone to go to a open mic night in North Hollywood? So the audience was like 30 or 40 percent full for the space, but they had a pretty decent production value for the setting and the stage and all that. And they shot it in ways that made it look like Joe Biden had a big crowd. I think they must have asked people to film the thing with their phones because just about everyone was doing it. And you have to think that Jen Psaki and the comms department of the fake administration planned all this out. They were going to have Joe Biden give a big, dramatic speech on foreign soil about the need to stop Vladimir Putin in his war of aggression against Ukraine. And the plan would eventually be to go attack Putin and then defeat Putin and then remove Putin. And then this speech would go down in history as a dramatic turning point. 
This would be the day that Ukraine was saved by the words of a fake American president who also happened to be one of the most corrupt politicians in American history, including right in the middle of Ukraine, the country he's talking about sending troops into. Now, did Joe Biden's family have corruption in the energy sector in Ukraine? Yes. Did Joe Biden's family have corruption in the medical sector in Ukraine? Yes. Were they funding bioweapons labs in Ukraine? Yes, again. And are they completely aligned with the global communist movement who operates all of these things inside of Ukraine? Yes. Is he on board with the group of people that overthrew the government of Ukraine in 2014? Yes to that, too. Joe Biden has his corrupt little pervy hands in everything. He's basically sniffing the hair of the corruption around the world. If you are corruption and you have hair, Joe Biden has sniffed you. Mmm, love the smell of corruption in the morning. So everything was set up to make Joe Biden look like a strong and serious leader of the United States of America. And he went on stage and mumbled through a speech as he always does, but he ad-libbed a little bit as he normally does as well. Or, hey, maybe it's possible that Joe Biden is like a demented Ron Burgundy when he gets in front of a teleprompter. Maybe his speechwriters are the problem. But at one point, Joe Biden said that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power, basically stating that it is United States policy to create regime change in Russia, a nuclear armed country that also has an incredible amount of the world's resources. Russia is the sort of country that can exist as a sovereign state without relying on other countries. Not that they don't have friends and allies, because clearly they do. And they're forming more alliances for trade, and security and monetary policy and currency. But Joe Biden came out and said that regime change was the goal. And all the hints, all the signs point to them wanting to start a war with Russia. They're hoping that Russia gives them a credible reason to start that war by attacking a NATO country, for instance. And the United States would then go to war with a nuclear armed country, a war of choice and aggression, by the way, to get rid of Vladimir Putin so that they can bring Russia under the umbrella of the global communist world order. That is what all of this is actually about. It's not about protecting the citizens of Ukraine. No matter how many commercials they run or how many billboards they put up or how many award shows they invite the comedic actor Volodymyr Zelensky to. They basically want to start the Iraq war against a country who is much more powerful than Iraq and has massive allies like China and India and Brazil. And so immediately upon Joe Biden's revelation of this new plan, Jen Psaki and the other millennial bloggers inside the White House comms department began 
messaging about how that's not quite what he meant. It was taken a little bit out of context. You got to understand what he actually meant was that Putin can no longer carry on his war of aggression, even though that's not what he said at all. So they have this big speech that they think is going to launch this new phase of the war against the butcher, Vladimir Putin, who's going in and killing civilians in Ukraine so that he can reform the Soviet Union. And that's what they meant. They just don't want him to have the power to attack Ukraine. Don't you see? I mean, it's not what he said at all. He said something entirely different. And we know what he said. And we know what the words he said meant. But You can't believe your ears and eyes. You have to understand that the fake president does not actually speak for American foreign policy. The person who our Constitution sets out to be the person who does speak for our foreign policy. This one just doesn't. Okay, he just doesn't. And everybody knows it. The administration knows it. Their supporters know it. They don't expect that sort of thing from Joe Biden. They don't expect presidential leadership from Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a placeholder that just helped us get rid of Donald Trump. Because once again, principles don't matter. It's whatever works in the moment. It's just pragmatism, you see. Joe Biden can't make these kinds of decisions for himself. He has people to answer to. I mean, he is the most powerful man in the free world, right? But even the most powerful man in the free world still has to answer to the global communist order. All you have to do is change the definition of freedom and you can completely understand it. And this is part of a pattern that we have seen from the fake administration and those around them many times over the last 432 days. They'll make a statement about policy. Maybe it's Anthony Fauci recommending a fourth booster before the CDC says it's okay. And until the CDC says it's okay, the White House won't say it. They're going to distance themselves slightly from Anthony Fauci's remarks, but they will let you know it's still possible that Fauci was right. He's just not right yet. Or Joe Biden can call for regime change in a nuclear armed country. And they'll say, no, hey, you got to understand it was a gaffe. It's taken out of context. He meant something totally different. And then after that, the media swoops in to save the day. They'll start writing think pieces on how Joe Biden didn't really mean to say that thing. But you know what? He should have. In fact, he should have said it even harder because he said the right thing. He said what we all know to be true. What we do need is regime change in that nuclear armed country. And if Joe Biden's not going to go out there and say it for himself, well, we're going to argue that point of view until you agree that that's the right move. And that's how we get pieces like this from Jill Lawrence in USA Today. This was from yesterday, actually. So it's USA Yesterday now. Biden stated the obvious. Putin must not remain in power, free to destroy Ukraine. When you call someone a butcher because his army has turned the sovereign democratic nation of Ukraine into a hellscape of slaughtered civilians and leveled cities for no reason except hunger for power and control. Do you want that butcher to remain in power? No. 
So President Joe Biden was stating the obvious Saturday when he said of Russian President Vladimir Putin, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. I found his words bracing and was surprised to see the White House immediately start walking back the apparently spontaneous addition to the closing of Biden's speech in Warsaw. The president's point was that Putin cannot be allowed to exercise power over his neighbors or the region. He was not discussing Putin's power in Russia or regime change. White House pool reporter Aurelia End of AFP, that's a French outlet, reported, attributing the comments to a White House official. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made the same point Sunday in Jerusalem. So you got that? The fake American president makes a statement about foreign policy that may have been intentional or may have been a huge mistake. And then a French reporter has a White House official that says it's not true. So we're going to go with that, at least for the time being. And are we going to find emails one day that show that all of this was planned? Of course we are, but we don't have them yet. So we're just going to go with the story from the anonymous White House official. Why walk it back? I wondered. Let people debate what Biden meant and interpret it how they want. Yes, Jill Lawrence, that is what we need. You go first. An argument quickly erupted on Twitter and beyond between people enormously relieved that Biden had said what they were thinking and people who might agree with him, but believe it was at best risky and at worst dangerous for him to say such a thing. You want Putin to be thinking about making a deal. Enraging him isn't the way to encourage that. The thinking goes, especially when he seems to be shifting his goals and his ground and could be on the verge of dot, dot, dot something. Now, if you have listened to this show for any length of time, you have probably heard me talk about how there is a central narrative that runs down the middle. And then you have the quote unquote conservative outlets like Fox on one side of that central narrative and MSNBC, for instance, on the other side of the central narrative. And there aren't really two opposing viewpoints there. There is the same central narrative marketed in different ways to different audiences. There's no real opposition between the viewpoints. They agree about virtually all of the important stuff. And keep that in mind when you think about the opposing viewpoints just presented by Jill Lawrence in USA Today. Here are the two sides of the discussion as she describes it. An argument quickly erupted on Twitter and beyond between these two sets of people, okay? People enormously relieved that Biden had said what they were thinking. That's one set. And they were arguing against people who might agree with him, but believe it was risky or dangerous for him to say it. So there's no disagreement in Jill Lawrence's worldview as she presents it being part of the central narrative. There are only two groups. One group completely agrees with Joe Biden and is happy that he said it because no one had said it so far. That's group one. The second group is people who also agree with Joe Biden, but they're worried that he said it. So the problem isn't whether or not regime change in Russia is a bad idea. The problem is what effects him saying it might have. In either instance, 
Joe Biden was still right in principle that regime change in Russia is a necessity. That is an utterly insane viewpoint that suggests Jill Lawrence and the other people representing that position have absolutely no idea what is going on in Ukraine right now or what is going on in Russia vis-a-vis the rest of the world. My heart is with the argument on the other side. Let's stop saying what we won't or can't do or don't mean. Let's say what we really mean and make Putin wonder what we will do. That is what President Ronald Reagan did when he called Russia the evil empire. It's what President George W. Bush did when he called Iran, Iraq, and North Korea an axis of evil. Actually, that's not what either of those people did. Those people described a view of what was happening in the world. They did not suggest waging a war of choice for regime change with a nuclear power. And by the way, I am not supporting anything George W. Bush did or said in regard to the Middle East or North Korea for the record. But this is still light years away. It's what Gary Kasparov, the Russian chess grandmaster and human rights advocate, has been urging on social media, where he shifted into high gear after Biden's unscripted cri de corps. No free world leader should hesitate to state plainly that the world would be a far better place if Putin were no longer in power in Russia, he tweeted Saturday. And you have to understand, because Gary Kasparov is good at chess, that means that he thoroughly understands world events and global politics. They often go to him as like the Russia expert. Here's the guy that knows. He goes on Sam Harris's podcast a lot. Everybody should listen to him. He knows how to play chess. It actually doesn't matter how good you are at chess if you are pushing for World War III for regime change in a nuclear armed power, especially if you're going to either willfully ignore or dishonestly deny what is actually happening over there with regard to the global commodities trade or to the fact that Vladimir Putin pretty clearly seems to be decoupling from the central banks. And maybe that's what this is all really about. And as an aside for just a second, Neon Revolt gave this analysis. I don't think people realize what just happened over the past few days, so I'm going to try to explain what I'm seeing. The Russian central bank pegged one gram of gold to 5,000 rubles, currently about 50 bucks. At the same time, Putin made it so that Russian gas and oil can only be purchased in rubles, meaning Putin basically just pegged Russian oil and gas to gold using paper rubles as a proxy. And I hope that that makes sense without further explanation. It's not hard to understand. The ruble basically works as a middleman. You've got the oil and gas on one side that can now only be purchased in rubles. And the value of the ruble is pinned to gold. So essentially, the value of oil and gas coming out of Russia to the rest of the world is pinned to gold. And Neon Revolt goes on. Meaning Europe will need to either buy rubles from Putin in gold in order to buy gas and oil, or they will have to buy directly in gold, 
which means there will soon be a lot more demand for rubles. Currently, the Forex rate for rubles to dollars is about 100 to 1. And Joe Biden actually said it was 200 to 1 the other day in his very important speech. So he was off by 100%. But with 5,000 rubles now equaling one gram of gold and oil being priced directly in gold, you're going to see a massive price disruption in these Forex markets in terms of how much gold a dollar can actually still buy. Foreign countries holding our dollar debt notes in reserve will see less of a use for them and will want to start dumping them in order to get something more stable, something which holds its value. Basically, any currency pegged to gold now will fit the bill, which means those countries, countries like Japan, will be dumping their dollar debt as fast as they can. They are not going to go down with the ship and they will move into more stable currencies like the ruble. Got that? The ruble is becoming a more stable currency than the American dollar as a direct result of what Putin is doing and what our country has been doing. This is Joe Biden's fault. This is the fault of Joe Biden's voters. And this is the fault of the global communist order who wants a global cashless digital currency from the central bank. And as Russia decouples from the central bank, the pressure will increase to attempt to change countries like America over into the new currency system that they have planned as part of the Great Reset. And again, that is a central bank cashless digital global currency. So he's talking about countries like Japan moving away from the dollar and toward the ruble. And he says this will have a deflationary effect on the ruble, making it more valuable over time, which means Putin will be able to repeg the ruble to gold at whatever rate he wants down the line. It's 5,000 rubles today. Tomorrow it might be 500 and then 100 and then 10. This also means all those excess dollars being dumped by foreign nations are about to come home and cause even worse hyperinflation than we're seeing. Is it any wonder Biden is up on stage pleading with Europeans for regime change in Russia? He's about to have masses of angry and starving people marching through the streets here at home demanding answers. And that is how you destabilize a society like America. You want to know how in 20 or 30 years you can go from where Venezuela was 20 or 30 years ago to where they are today. This is exactly how. And it should not shock anyone that the global communists and people like George Soros have been using these sorts of currency manipulations over the decades to destabilize countries. They are just running the same program on America that they have run elsewhere around the world for a very long time. Exact same playbook, color revolution playbook, currency playbook, all of it. So back to USA yesterday. And back to the chess master who, because of his mastery of chess, is also a geopolitical expert. Among his suggestions, put Putin cannot remain in power on Biden T-shirts. Don't throw Putin any lifelines. And if you must walk back anything, simply agree with Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov that the Russian people will decide who is in power. 
Better yet, stop trying to muddle Biden's remark. Biden isn't Trump requiring an English to English translator. No dictator is legitimate. Don't backpedal when you are right and in the right. Don't play diplomatic games with a mass murderer, Kasparov wrote. When the president is right, the White House should stick with him instead of fumbling to apologize to a murderous dictator for speaking the truth. It's pathetic. Now, I don't know what kind of 25 dimensional chess Gary Kasparov is playing here, but it seems like he's pursuing a losing strategy. He is out there as a vocal champion for World War Three based on Putin. Very bad. This is orange man bad all over again. And he is pretending that not only is the fake president, Joe Biden, a clearer communicator than Donald Trump was, which is absolutely ridiculous. Trump's voice and speaking style and tone might put people off, but Trump is a very clear communicator. Kasparov is also insinuating that Biden is intelligent and knows what he's doing, unlike Trump. So he meant this statement and the White House should be supporting this statement because everybody knows we have to save the Ukrainians. Did Biden mean to say it? Unclear. Did he mean what he said? Of that, there is no doubt. You got that? This is coming straight from the mainstream media. Biden meant it regardless of whether or not he meant to say it. Since mid-March, the president has called Putin a war criminal, a murderous dictator, and a pure thug. And on Saturday, after Biden had met with Ukrainian refugees at a stadium in Warsaw, and before he uttered the sentence that launched thousands of reactions, the White House press office circulated a transcript of this exchange. Question. You're dealing every day with Vladimir Putin. I mean, look what he's done to these people. What does it make you think? The president, the fake president, Joe Biden. This is what he responded. He's a butcher. That's what it makes me think. A decade ago, President Barack Obama said Biden, then his vice president, had probably gotten a little bit over his skis when he told NBC's Meet the Press that he was absolutely comfortable with same-sex marriage. Biden apologized to Obama for putting pressure on him because Obama had not said whether his own opposition had changed. That's right. Barack Obama was not for gay marriage when he got into office. You remember that before everything was woke? But Obama soon made his own announcement in support of same-sex marriage. He told ABC's Good Morning America that he had already made a decision and would have, quote, preferred to have done this in my own way on my own terms, but all's well that ends well. He said Biden's remark arose from his generosity of spirit. And again, you have a perfect parallel to what they try to accomplish with this style of public communications. Say something wrong and over the top, go a little bit too far, then allow the comms team to scale it back a little bit so that everyone who needs to say the president wasn't being serious has some legitimate support for saying the president wasn't being serious. And then after that, you just hand it over to the media. You allow the media to create the case for the thing being said as the right policy, as the right thing to say. And then eventually you continue asking if that's the policy until 
the principal, in this case, the fake president, Joe Biden, can advance the narrative himself. So the media does all the work while the president has plausible deniability for what he actually said. In this way, they get the best of all worlds and allow the public to push the narrative rather than the White House. And this is a common tactic for these communists. More recently, the White House walked back a comment Biden made last year about social media, quote, killing people with COVID-19 misinformation on their platforms. The Washington Post characterized that as Biden once again getting out over his skis. It's true, as lawyer George Conway noted on Twitter, that a moral statement is a presumptive statement of policy when it comes from a president. Biden's Putin ad lib could be a bad lapse in discipline that runs the risk of extending the scope and duration of the war, suggests State Department veteran Richard Haas, president of the Council on Foreign Relations. I see Biden's sentence as a beacon of clarity that pierced the Ukraine nightmare. It might not have been presidential language, tweeted retired General Mark Hurtling, former commanding general of U.S. Army Europe and 7th Army, but it was something that he needed to say. Putin is a combination of Milosevic, Ceausescu, and yes, Hitler. It was a message to Europe and Moscow. That is all Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, one of the television generals. Putin is Hitler. The guys we're supporting have Nazis in their army, but Hitler's the other guy. And let's get her very, very hot take, very smart conclusion. Biden is, no surprise, out over his skis, this time further than he has ever been on an international stage. And we can't be sure how it'll end. But as his mother would say, God love him. So there we have it. Initiating World War III with a nuclear armed country on false premises to cover up for the fact that you are doing the central bank's bidding and trying to prevent a sovereign nation from pursuing their own sovereignty and alliances is the right thing. It's the consensus opinion. It's what the experts say. It's what we all agree on. In fact, everybody everywhere agrees there's just some people out there who thought Biden shouldn't have said it. Now, I should point out that everything the fake administration has tried to do has been a complete and total failure in every possible way. And it further exposes them every time they fail. It further exposes their incompetence, their illegitimacy, and the fact that they are not in any way working for the benefit of the American people. They are not following the Constitution at all. In fact, they want to destroy the Constitution. The point is to serve the global communist agenda and the American presidency is just as involved with that as the leaders of any other country. Joe Biden is not politically different in any way from Fidel Castro's bastard son, Justin Trudeau, or Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, for instance. And he's no different from Boris Johnson in the UK. 
These are all just corrupt puppets who were placed in their little position to do these very things, to carry out the agenda, the plan as it's written. The problem with these plans, the global communist plan, is that they think that they are always at all times so smart. They are able to exercise the power and control necessary to see their agenda implemented in full. And it keeps being proven false, but they keep pushing forward because they're on a schedule. You see, everything is supposed to work at the same time. It's all supposed to happen at the same time. There's a rhythm to all of it. This happens over here. That happens over there. And that's when you remember that Hillary was never supposed to lose. Donald Trump was never supposed to be president of the United States of America. Donald Trump delayed the implementation of that plan in America for four years. And in many ways, Donald Trump's presidency was entirely about thwarting that plan and setting the country up in ways so that that plan and the pieces of that agenda couldn't hurt the country as badly. For instance, you think of all the support that he gave to farmers around this country. That support allowed them to fortify their businesses as we stare down food shortages from as a direct result of the global communist agenda being implemented right now before our eyes. Now, I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. Keep it light for a Monday. But I do also want to mention before I go that I received an email this morning that Spotify, I think, is taking my podcast completely off their platform, no matter which distribution platform I use to distribute the podcast. So if you have been listening on Spotify and somehow you're still hearing this, I am not long for Spotify's world. All right. So download the podcast guru app, download a cast. There are a bunch of alternative podcast platforms. It makes no difference. It is just the medium between my show and your ears. You do not need to be loyal to your podcast app and your experience will not change dramatically at all. You'll get used to a new app in a couple of days. And everything will be hunky-dory. So I hope you're still able to get the show. Like I said, Spotify, nothing I can do about it. I'm censored. Thank you, Joe Rogan. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. 
I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!